Hi there, welcome to Human Nurture. I'm your host, Jason Brand, practicing couples therapist in Berkeley, California. This is the podcast. What I've been doing is answering the question, how does a couples therapist learn to do that? And I'm answering that question through actual couple interviews, then follow-up interviews with consultants who help me to think through what happened in the room between me and that couple. Today, we've got a consultation session with my colleague and mentor, Patricia Hart. Before we get in, let's just take a moment to do what we do, which is that this is intended for entertainment and informational purposes only. It's not here for clinical advice or counseling. Please seek the help of a licensed professional if you or someone you know or your couple is struggling. We say impact. We're working on the relationship, right? Mm -hmm. Our job is the relationship. But of course, in order to have a couple relationship, there's important individual growth that goes with it. I have mm -hmm. to be able to manage myself so that I can manage you. And I have to be able to know what it is that I need from you, to actually know. Mm -hmm. And then I have to be able to ask for what I want, that I can be the person who can go after what I want, including in a relationship, and then also know about that well enough so I can put that aside and deal with you. So, you know, this developmental step of a two-person psychology, which is necessary for a relationship, requires a lot of individual growth. And it seemed to me that's a lot of what you were doing with them. That is a quote from the interview that you're about to hear. It just captures the support that she gave me, the overall framework, and an understanding of what I was up to in the session. So helpful. So who is Patricia Hart? Patricia's a longtime Berkeley therapist. She's got like 40 years of experience. She's a packed instructor, and she's just wonderful with couples, and she's a wonderful consultant. So take a listen. Patricia Hart, PhD, and me talking about Charlie and Yale. Thanks so much for tuning in. So I'm really excited to have my mentor and colleague here, Patricia Hart. Hi, Patricia. Hello, Jason. I'm really glad to have you here to talk about Charlie and Yale. What I really love about the work with them is how you feel them growing. I could really feel them in the session, like growing both individually and as a couple in real time. And I just, I wondered if you had that sense as well. I definitely had that sense. And it was really quite moving to see this. Yeah. One of the things that clearly uh, framed and shaped the work you did was the therapeutic alliance that you had with them. Mm -hmm. And that was obvious within three minutes. I loved how you welcomed them in and then you had to see the baby. And then, and then why did they call? Why did they call? Because you're great. <laughs> so there was <laughs> so this little mutual love fest there yeah. and feeling both a safety with you, your concern and interest in both of them, and a sense that you had something good to give them. something mm -hmm. You had something to give that they needed to get. And that really gave you so much leverage and freedom of movement in the session. It was, and interesting because I didn't have that expectation from where they began mm. that you could ever end up where you ended up with. Interesting. So huh. it was even more exciting and interesting to watch what happened between them, really not having a sense as I watched of what the trajectory might be, given okay. how they positioned themselves 
initially in the session, I, I didn't imagine that they would get where they got. I spent way more time with them as individuals, you know, just trying to drum up, trying to swell up feelings. That was what my MO was. The, the question of individual development, individual growth, individual work in a couple yes. therapy session. And this was yeah. such a great example of that, that in a way we say in PACT, we're working on the relationship, right? Mm -hmm. Our job is the relationship. But of course, in order to have a couple relationship, there ha there's important individual growth that goes with it. I have mm -hmm. to be able to manage myself so that I can manage you. And I have to be able to know what it is that I need from you, to actually know. Mm -hmm. And then I have to be able to ask for what I want. Mm -hmm. That all of those things that I can be the person who can go after what I want, including in a relationship, and then also know about that well enough so I can put that aside and deal with you. So, you know, this developmental step of a two-person psychology, which is necessary for a relationship, requires a lot of individual growth. And it seemed to me that's a lot of what you were doing with them in the way that you worked with them, that this whole sequence, I've watched it a couple of times, maybe even three times, Jason, it was this, and I would say, keep this tape. It's a wonderful mm. teaching tape mm. because they, in this very slow way, just through staying with themselves and each other, themselves and each other, themselves and each other, there's tremendous movement for both of them. Oh, cool. Let's start with what, let's start from the beginning then. Yeah. What did you see in the beginning? What were you thinking like, oh, I don't know where this is going to... What I saw in the beginning was a, a young man who was so defended there was so there was so such a strong protective armor mm. and that one could definitely feel how much he needed it but also how much it kept him from not just hearing but also thinking about his partner and that it seemed early on that the one person system that he was in was going to be very hard to get through and that, that, the, that Yael's anxiety was such, and her concerns about activating or upsetting him were such, that it was going to be hard to help her to do that. And it seemed to, to unfold in such a natural, beautiful way, and that you got to the best of both of them mm. in that process. Mm. So that was, that was a very interesting part of watching this. I listened to both a little bit of your consult with Debbie Campbell and more of your consult with Hans. And interestingly, Debbie talked about pacing mm -hmm. and Hans talked about starting a process that you allow to or facilitate the growth of that you then just watch and see what happens and help along the way. And both those things happen so well in this particular session with the two of them that somewhere around a uh, minute 40 or so hmm. of the session, they, when they began to directly speak to each other, that process began, and that continued on with your help, hmm. with your careful and gentle help, which I can talk about specifically, so that they each got somewhere really important for both oh. of them and for the couple. And so I so appreciate that. And I, it's funny because I don't know if it's my history with Charlie as him as my barber, 
so I, I want to I want to just talk a little bit specifically about him and try to unpack because I don't see him as being well. I do and I don't. So maybe if we took up a specific, like in that first story with his daughter, is the first sort of the first things he says this thing about his daughters now getting interested in guys and that that he there's a way that he says I'm my defense was so up and then I got so overwhelmed by it. That's what I, that's kind of what I hear. And if he had stopped it, just my daughter pissed me off because she's starting to bring this guy home and I'm afraid her future. And I got to stop her from doing that. But there's a way that then he backtracks on it. So I'm curious, is that what, what you're hearing in terms of his armored up that you're talking about? So yes, that, that he has some insight into himself that you do see and you saw there. That he's willing to look and think about his behavior, but it really is about his behavior. It isn't, and he was concerned about his impact in his daughter, but in the moment-to-moment interaction in the beginning of the session between Yael and him, there was very little sense that he could see how he impacted her. I don't want you to tiptoe. I don't want you to have to tiptoe around me. But the idea that he might have something to do with why she tiptoed around him didn't re- wasn't really manifested till half the session was over. This idea that they're in each other's care, that they are inextricably impacted by their partner, that they're wound together, it mm-hmm. was very much not a part of where he was. Mm-hmm. And so I really felt him in this construction. I have work to do. It's essential work and it's important work. And yeah, it would be important for you also to learn to do this work, but I'm doing this work and work on yourself the same way. That's what I heard from him. Yeah. Yeah. In that lens, I I definitely see what you're saying. And I see that he strikes me as a guy who has really had to form a way of being in the world to, to feel okay. That's really so clear that this idea of I'm improving, I'm trying to improve myself and I'm trying to move away from this thing that is so dangerous that could happen between me and other people that I'm going to just stay on this road of self-improvement. And that does really seem like his something, uh, an armor that he's had to put on in in the world. Absolutely. And the idea that she might help him with that, and there were things he might get from her that could actually help him, or that he might help her with her anxiety, was not present, which is why what happened between them was so significant, and in some ways so unexpected, mm-hmm. that it happened in this very deep and authentic way with both of them, and it mm-hmm. unfolded. Obviously, there's a lot I don't know about what exactly what has happened with his anger. But what I do know about him is that that there there wasn't a stable caregiver person. Mm-hmm. That he this kid was left on his own, really disappointed, abandoned, and really left to fend for himself. Mm-hmm. And this protective one person feeling I had about him, I have to do this. I have to make myself a better person. What does a child who's left think? I'm not worth staying for. There's something wrong with me. Mm. And that's how I constructed him in my mind. This, this little kid there waiting for his mother who says she, she will come back. Maybe she does. But it, is it for him? Because then she is another man and then she has work and then another man and then the other man. Mm-hmm. All of this that went on 
And then here he is making the best choices he can, living where he lives, and he's on the verge of getting in real trouble. And then he has a gun and there are drugs and there are all these things that are going on. And he's on this, is he okay or not? Then this thing happens. I also didn't really understand what the issue was about his Christianity, his value. He does pay some attention to that. So he doesn't want to have sex. Then people think he's gay or wonder whether he's gay. And Mm -hmm. that thread comes up once or twice. Am I just Mm -hmm. a bitch? So you wonder what that was for him and whether Mm -hmm. he's still defending against that. And that, I wondered whether, is that part of the crime? Mm -hmm. I can't cry. I have to be a strong man. There were so many things there, but but just to finish that, not only then left by his mother, no father, uh, these uh, other men who come and go, then the girlfriend leaves him. Mm-hmm. Then he, he loses his child for a period of time because yeah. he's set up because the world's against him. So yeah. one, the both the rage and the the sense of his own inadequacy, I think, mm-hmm. are at the core of who yeah. Charlie is and what he's protecting. Yeah. And not, not only that, but there's also the ways that the system has disappointed him. He yeah. says, I'm going to be a firefighter. And then he doesn't pass the background check. And there's all these disappointments right. where exactly. he's not taken care of. And yeah, he said that thing. It was really quite moving to me when uh, watching it back when, when he said, I've done so good since our last, since the last time we met, but I screwed up just yesterday or whatever it was. Angry. And then he says this thing about, so I guess the ugly parts of me are going to have to be looked at too. And I think that if, like you said, am I worth waiting for? At a certain point, a, a child would have to wonder, is there something so bad inside exactly. of me? Exactly. 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 Yeah. I'm not lovable. I'm bad. And then, of course, the intensity of his anger, which is completely understandable. Mm-hmm. This child who was not soothed, who was not made safe, and is, I'm sure goes into states around disappointment or the possibility of abandonment or of being told he's bad, either of those things must go to trauma, has tremendous trouble control managing his states and yeah, then and it, feels this is the ugliness, this is why it's a sort of vicious circle for him. Yeah. And the, the bitch is, I think, am I a bitch? I got the sense that the, the line between mom and Yael gets pretty blurry when he starts to feel a deep sense of need, a deep sense of wanting to be cared for. Am I a little baby calling out for mommy? Or am I a grown man who is calling out for my wife to come and have my back around my anxiety or whatever it is? I think that line gets very blurry and confusing. Yes. And so his own need is something that he is not yet uh, not comfortable. His own need. Can, and can, yeah, can you to say a little bit? needs. Uh that there's so much about Charlie that it's very hard for Charlie to accept because it never was managed. It never, he was not tended to in any consistent way. And so any kind of state he's in, including his need for the other, which must be so intense, is frightening Mm -hmm. to him. He, I can imagine there's a part of him that just feels better off. Let me stay in this cocoon and I work to be better and manage the anger, which I can see its impact, and not be back in needing somebody desperately. And Mm -hmm. also being able to perform with some kind of consistency for them. Mm -hmm. Because I have so much going on inside of me that I have to manage. He says, I always thought 
you were an extension of me, he says about mm-hmm. her. I can't even think about it. So how hard for him, for her not to be an extension. If she's not an extension of him and if she's a separate person, he's immediately in dangerous territory, mm. right? Yeah, let's spend a little time on her anxiety. She moves so fast. And I can't believe the amount of times as I listen back that I just said, slow, slow down. down, slow down. And I watched you. And that was actually such an important part of your intervention. And not just that you, the way you said, slow down, this is important. Mm-hmm. And even that you're saying that actually was one of the interventions that opened her up. Because mm-hmm. what you saw was probably nobody ever said to her, slow down what you're feeling what's going on with you is important. And so the slow down that was necessary, necessitated by the degree of anxiety also turned out to be a very important intervention. Did you ever read The Interpersonal World of the Human Infant, Daniel Stern's book? I read a long time ago where he talks about how relationships are created between mother and infant. And he had this wonderful line uh, about a little child whose mother was well, it doesn't matter. He called her Miss Sparkle. And I just, when I saw Yael, I thought, there she is, this mm. lovely uh, young woman who's just there with all the anxiety and the, a kind of anxious laughter, but really sparkling, managing everything, taking care of everything. And I think you said sh- she had to be the good girl to get this strong father, to get his mm-hmm. attention. It wasn't about what she felt. It wasn't about what was going on in her. It wasn't about anything about an inner life. It was, as she said, uh, children are supposed to be quiet. Mm. Children aren't quiet. Children are noisy. (laughs) They're noisy and they cry and they want stuff. And she had to manage all of that to fit into that family. I'm guessing the mother also had to manage. I'm guessing that she also saw that in her parents' marriage. That Mm -hmm. this strong guy who actually sounds like he was a good guy and had a lot to give but had a way of being that that helps us understand Yael, who Mm -hmm. really believes she's got to manage everything on her own and make it all okay before she comes out with anything and be this, her own version of a shiny object, the sparkly Mm -hmm. one who takes care of everything. She was an overperformer, right? Everything's Mm -hmm. taken care of and, and she's worrying about everything. She can't let it go because there really isn't anyone in her internal world who can help her with all of this. And to get what she wants, she has to be a really good girl. It was so interesting to me watching the way that she emoted in the session. Like it would just be, it was like a dam would break for a moment and then it would come back in. And it would come back in actually with laughter off. And it was sort of yes. like, there's the feeling. Yes, it's there. Okay, you got me. And then laughter and then sort of seal it back up. That's where my mind goes in terms of, you know, her formulation of shouldn't we just be invested in kind of not looking at at a lot of the anxiety that's around us and just moving forward with what the right thing to do is and no you know life doesn't actually you actually don't get that especially when you've got an 18 month old and a teenager you kind of got to sit in the shit for a while too but if you're a child and nobody cared about or it wasn't that nobody cared about i'm sure they did care about it but nobody created the opportunity. There wasn't Mm -hmm. a real opportunity for her to sit with her feeling. Mm -hmm. And so what she had, I'm guessing what she had to do was just be this happy performing little girl. 
And so dealing with feelings, I think for her became fairly dangerous. She says, I'm happy when I'm by myself. My guess is it's being by myself is a bit dissociative. She, she doesn't stay with feelings. She thinks about problems that she has to solve. And the problem that she has to solve is making it okay for him and mm, for the mm-hmm. baby. The mm. problem isn't, what do I really want? You yeah. know, what's important for me? Mm-hmm. I feel a little bit like I'm not a real pack therapist. It feels much more like I'm being the one who's regulating the person or who's bringing forward this person. And I have this voice in the back of my head that says they should be doing this for each other. They should be doing this for each other. So I actually had the same question watching you. And I wondered, there were many moments where I wondered, Jason, you could cross right now. I think Mm -hmm. you could cross. And the kind of crossing I was wondering about, particularly because you did cross and you'd say you you did a fair amount of crossing. I mean, everything was there, especially once once they started the work together. And that that was a beautiful piece of packed specific word. There was crossing, there was down the middle, there was really holding them together. But I did wonder at times when it seemed that they, that their construction of the other was so inadequate. I did wonder about that with you, where you stayed with each of them. And I thought, I wonder what it would be like if right now you would have said, do you know what it is that he's working so hard to keep out? of this place? Or do you understand what she's so afraid of? And he said, mm-hmm. I don't want her to tiptoe around me. Then I, I wondered what would have happened, Jason, if you'd said, well, what do you think? Why do you think she's so afraid of you? Or what do you know about her that would help you understand why she's so afraid of you? Or what might you do, Charlie, that would help her not to be so afraid of her, if that's what you want? There were those moments. And that was clearly what you weren't doing then mm-hmm. obviously it's a it's a skill you have mm-hmm. and that and so i ask a lot of those questions where he could cross you could get so much on the table you could get the abandonment issue you could get the performance issue you could get all this on the table they'd have it to work but interestingly that all came on the table i mean not with that clarity you know mm-hmm. that this guy's been left so much and she, nobody really cared about what she thought except she brought it on the table. Mm-hmm. It all got there. Yeah. But much of it got there in the way that you did it, what, which was to create a space for each of their feelings. Mm-hmm. And where they were at the end was really clearly in each other's care. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Elle saying very clearly, here's what I want from you. Mm-hmm a kind of self-activation that I would not have predicted that she would be capable of. Hmm. But that's where she went mm-hmm. a number of times. And she made all the connections. I, I couldn't hmm. do this as a little girl. Nobody cared about my inner life. I don't, I want to be seen. I think she said, I want to be seen. I want you to see me. So you really got there. It all yeah. emerged and he was right there with her. So there were a lot of moments where you could have come in with those kind of packed interventions. But mm-hmm. it was interesting to me that the place you got 
was the place they needed to be. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I guess what I hear you saying is that by cross-questioning, it would have like gotten the ghosts out of the nursery or whatever. Like it would have yeah. somehow scared up, put on the table, wait a minute, this isn't actually my perception of you. This is this is family of origin material that's bubbling up to the surface here. And that, yes, do you understand what's so frightening for him? Do you understand what's so frightening for her, right? Mm. Maybe they do, maybe they don't, but then there's an opportunity then to, to get that on the table. Uh-huh. You know uh-huh. his history. Was there anyone he could ever count on? Can you imagine mm-hmm. how that, you have a little baby. Can you imagine what it would be like for that little daughter of yours? Yeah. Yes, mm-hmm. And I just, I want to slow this down even a little further. So when he says, I don't like you walking on eggshells. So I could have said back to him, do you know, maybe historically, like who did she have to walk on eggshells around? Exactly. Yeah. And then he probably would have made a direct connection to dad that she wasn't able to show her when she had opinions about where they should go Friday night. She wasn't allowed to express that in front of dad. Mm -hmm. That makes Mm -hmm. sense. That makes sense. Can you help me with like how, with something that he would say that would come from him that he could then begin to own? Yeah. Yeah. Where he says not doing enough. I think Uh, he's in this realm of I'm not doing enough. I have to work harder. He forgives himself, which is great. That whole piece with the anger was great. But woven in there is, I'm not doing enough. I have to. And then the romanticizing of that. I think it was. it's all a little bit problematic, the romanticizing of this place by himself where he thinks and thinks whatever mm-hmm. it is that he's doing about his mm-hmm. own anger. But he says with a genuine concern, I'm not doing enough. Or it's not quite as direct, but... I have to make the world a better place. I, I have mm-hmm. to. I, I just have to. What do you understand this in Charlie? And that you uh-huh. might have to do more than questioning. It might have to be a comment. But I think he gives some openings there about underneath this concentration and working so hard is a sense of his own unlovability, unacceptability, badness, mm-hmm. wrongness, what he's having to live with and somehow manage mm-hmm. and that I think it would be so helpful to get it on the table for her because I, she knows his history. Yeah. And it does yeah. come up when he starts crying about his mother uh-huh. and, he, and he, Oh, that's where it could go. All the women in my life, then my daughters, including this little one, I could lose them. Yeah. So I could say to her, can you imagine Charlie has been left in ways that have left deep scars in him, deep wounds? And could you imagine how hard it would feel to feel like maybe your little daughter, your 18 or your 15 year old might leave you? Can you imagine what that's like for him? Yeah. And that also, can you imagine what a child whose parent leaves them says? Mm-hmm. Not, I have a bad mommy, but there's something wrong with me. There's something wrong with yeah. me. Yeah. Now, there is an unevenness here in the trauma. They seem to be bargaining with that in a certain ways about like, how much of you do I have to take on? What if, what if there's a feeling that Yael took on this guy who's got stuff to figure out? I both want to validate that the trauma is real and that there's work to be done. And I don't like the unevenness of it. I feel uncomfortable with the unevenness of that construction. You have any ideas about doing and that? What is your, what is your particular discomfort? My discomfort is that it takes them back into 
this same place where Charlie is the fixer upper. I don't want to play in to the theme here that, you know, that Charlie's working so hard and that he's the identified patient here and we need to get busy helping to fix him. Within that construction, Yale kind of flutters off. She flutters off as I had this great childhood and and my way of doing things is the right way. I don't want to get, I don't want to yeah. buy into that. I don't think you are going to have to. They, they both are such lovely people. And Charlie obviously had a rough time, but boy, this guy is something else. He's a lot to offer. Not just how hard he works, but the capacity he shows at the end for her. How he moves forward, stays forward, he is really with her. Yeah. And that relational capacity was just lovely. And with that and your continual, let's slow this down. Oh, I wanted to say that. Did I say this to you? When you said to her, let's stop and let's look at that, that she burst into tears mm. at that moment mm -hmm. because nobody ever said to her, let's stop and let's look at that. So you're talking about individual work in the session that was actually so healing. And then she went very deep. She looked and looked and she kept going deeper and deeper. Mm -hmm. Just that, let's slow this down. Let's slow down. Wait a minute. Let's look at that. Yeah. And that was such a healing and important, just right there where the pain was. Huh. You did that. That was great. But that Charlie could also stay there. And that I think that one of the things you, you uh, could also talk about was the tremendous capacity that both of them showed yeah. in this coming together. In each other's presence, her courage in going deeper and deeper. And the person who was having the feelings and in pain was Yael. And Charlie was there all the mm -hmm. way. Didn't leave, didn't stop, didn't take the limelight, but totally supportive. That's one thing. The other thing is, she didn't have such a happy childhood. Right. As she said, she was in pain about her childhood. Nobody mm -hmm. cared what she felt. And part of Charlie must be, maybe in some way, he's also the guy like her dad, that she is a strong guy that she has to tiptoe around, but also not just that guy, the guy who can really be there and care about how she feels. It's not that one is this happy child, but obviously she has an intact family. She say, says she is a loving mother. She feels really quite, I don't know what the word is, impacted. Mm -hmm. I say flawed, but impacted by this part. Nobody cared how she felt. And she can't really care how she feels. Mm -hmm. She can only care how he feels. And that moment, let's stop and look at that. I think for a lot of couples, I would have had the other partner initiate. I felt like it needed for, if I'm thinking about like an ember, it needed something to breathe on it a bit, to give it some oxygen, to get bright enough and big enough to actually register between the two of them. I felt like my assist was needed in order to help her to articulate that it could be there in the room for both of them to hold on to. I think there's every reason to trust your intuition about that. Because what happened was See, and I think this is also, when you have a therapeutic alliance, the way you have with them, you have so much freedom of movement. And that maybe in some situation, it might've been better had Charlie done the work, but in the end, it didn't matter. Mattered, it yeah. happened. She got there and he got there with her. And right. also they look to you in the way they do. I think the nature of the transference she was, they can learn from you. And so, so it is, it's so sweet. I think this is also for him. He trusts that this is for both of them, mm -hmm. what you're doing. And so he's right there with her. I, and I don't 
think feeling that his position with her is usurped, he may be better able to do that the next, at the next juncture. At the next juncture, um, yeah. 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 A couple of other just interesting points. How much should one be in one's head? I, I just thought that was, I just thought that was so interesting. Yael's dad says to Charlie, don't be in your head so much. And Charlie's sitting in the truck in his head, going through these scenarios and this very interesting conversation that they're having together about how much time should one spend in one's head. I just love that idea. Do you have any thoughts? Good for Yael's father, because uh, I think he, you know, we talk about ruminating and thinking in the sense of, I am really making connections. My thought with my feeling with my internal state, I am really thinking in the psychological sense of thinking. I'm making important connections that help me build and understand. And I don't really have the sense that's what Charlie's doing in his head. I, I feel see. like he's working and reworking. He's looping, spinning, pushing, exhorting himself. You do this better and they keep on. And maybe and maybe he's doing something meditative. I mean, I, I don't know what he's doing in mm-hmm. his head, but it feels self-regulatory, an auto-regulatory process, right? Keep yourself mm-hmm. calm. Yeah, stay with your breathing. Just it's okay, Charlie, or maybe a certain kind of self-talk to that is not bad. Self-talk, mm-hmm. keep himself calm. But the idea that there's something that is creative in the sense that connections are being made and put together. I don't think he's doing that. I don't think Mm -hmm. he's doing that. I think Mm -hmm. he likes it there. He says right at the end, she said, I want to be able to something at the end. And he says, yeah, come on in here. It's great in here. And I thought, I just wondered, is it really great in there, Charlie? Safe in there. I think he's tremendous unsafety with his Uh own feelings and uh, somatic experiences. But I think he also can have a safety and that's very relieving and yeah. this, in this kind of more auto-regulatory way. Yeah. I would also, I think that's true. I think there's a lot of ruminating energy yeah. that's drummed up inside of him. And I think that the other side of this is that I think that Yael, she lets a lot of thoughts cycle by without plucking them and making sense of them and going, yes. oh, this is one that needs yes. to be held on to. Let yeah. me dwell on this, no matter what comes up, if it feels good or bad. And I think that Charlie has is more discerning in terms of the ability to do that. That's a great formulation that also helps to uh, balance the, the level of playing field a little bit, mm-hmm. that, there, that she has certain strengths in terms of maybe a sense of felt security in the world. She did have a loving mother. We, we think she did, or she thinks she did, and that's important, mm-hmm. and continent and some degree of safety, although that's questionable. And he has really some ability to stay with his own experience that she does not. If our theory bears out, we do choose people who really are in similar levels of development with us. And so there may be more parity there between the two of them than is apparent when you look through the lens of developmental trauma which he yeah. certainly had more than his share. Yeah, I like that. I'm thinking of a construction of trust your environment versus trust your gut. Charlie, Yale has a lot of faith in her environment that it's going to mm-hmm. see her through yeah. if they just get moving. If we just click, click along, it's going to work out. And Charlie has much more of a sense of, wait a minute, there's a gut feeling that needs to be processed that we need to get to before we can move forward. And an unevenness that needs to be balanced out, like you said, mm-hmm. in those two things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it sounds like he must be in his own, some good personal therapy 
the, the question, you're not sure. I mean, it's not that I'm not sure. It's just, I, I bet I have a similar question to you. Is It would be hard to separate because Charlie's so hungry for self-improvement. It would be hard to separate the good stuff from the junk would be my concern there. Yeah, yeah. I, absolutely, Jason. I know exactly what you mean. I, I can imagine that it's a little bit hard for him to have a good discernment between what is really, truly useful and will really help his sense of his self and does describe, does lay out a path for his own good development. And what is more, some of the junk science around yeah. that in his hunger, he may be prey to. And the one thing I might've taken up was when he said, so I got angry. I'm trying to never get angry. Could have come in there. The problem is not getting angry. We all get angry. <laughs> and then also, but whatever, he ends with, I just let some of the ugliness out. I might have wanted to understand what's so ugly about what just happened. This is normal. Mm -hmm, we mm -hmm. all get angry. So I would have just stayed with that for a moment. But yeah, I just wanted to just reiterate this, where they got, which was, so this whole process between them was a long process. It was, I think it was about 20, a good half hour or more, yeah. that they were in each other's eyes, facing each other, and she was able to be look at herself, have the feeling she had, say what she wanted from him, say what the internal experience was and why it was important, and he was there mm -hmm. for this long time when the focus was on her. Mm -hmm. And it was really primarily about her. And he was really there in a very loving way. And he went from a little bit back in his chair to holding her hand, leaning forward and with her the entire mm -hmm. time. And when I would see them again, I would really want to, you said to them, you did really good work. But mm -hmm. I think to go over how important what happened was that she took enormous risks and she found out something about her. Yeah. Yeah, I, I really can visualize that. I'm thinking about that, the transformation now, it just solidified. Charlie, when he was, when he said that thing about, am I being a bitch and how collapsed in on himself he was. And even his speech, you could hear him going back to a kind of early, how he spoke probably when he was younger. You really got a sense of that. And then at the end, his posture changes and he's so there with her, like almost in like a hero kind of pose. I'm here. I'm your man. I'm strong. I can listen yeah, yeah. to you. And then for her, you know, her needs kept skipping by. What are you feeling? What are you feeling? What's going on inside of you? Keep skipping by. And then she's able to, and I'm thinking about that moment, actually, when I said something about like, why mundane? Why little? Like, yeah, yeah, that was why great. do you keep, why do you great. keep minimizing these things that are inside of you? that she's actually going and dipping in, grabbing one and saying, this is what I want from you. Yes. This is what I want. That, that yes. That's a very different construction yes. of them at the end. Yes. And then he reiterates, it is important. Those things right. are so important to me. And that, that the other thing you were doing is you kept doing this, tying them together. He's capable of all of this. Yeah. She may know more about your, this whole spiritual direction you're going in than you think. And then he says, Yes, she's yeah. a badass. She, you did right. this thing. And right. she says, it was just beautiful. You did this thing. And she says, and I learned it from you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and this is just them in uh -huh. that moment. No, no right. prompts. I mean, that his, 
their generosity. Yeah. And I would just say the capacity and the love between them. When he immediately says this thing that he wants to be the hero in this place, I'm making the world a better place. She's the one who does stuff I don't even know if I could do. Right. right she did right. this thing just on her own. And she says, but I learned that from you. Yeah. 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 Just And just on her side, when she said this thing about how could you be so concerned about the whole world around you and not see me? And that would have been that that would have been a great place to cross, actually, would be to have said something like, how did Charlie develop the capacity to see the whole world and maybe miss the goodness in the people or the needs yes. of the people yeah. around him? Yeah. Something like that. Yes. Yeah. 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 But the ground is so fertile right now. Yeah. When do you see them again? Uh, a couple of weeks. Yeah. 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 This has been really, really fun. Do you have any final thoughts, questions, anything that you want to get to before we wrap up? I wrote down several times, surprise. I was surprised really Mm. about, I was surprised. Oh, these two, uh, I guess what I want to say is they became so articulate. They actually both got in a wonderful rhythm. If I love you more, I might, if I love me more, I might love you less, where she starts talking about these dilemmas. I don't want that. I want Mm -hmm. to have both. I want to be able to think about me and not lose you. So I just think that whole thing that they did because they were so in touch, she was so in touch. I want to be seen with her real self. She Mm. really was. That was such a beautiful moment. And you felt him showing up in that same way. Mm -hmm. And I don't, know that you can go back there, but I would really recall it with them. I think Mm -hmm. the kind of work they did, what has happened since, it would be so interesting that this, because in a way, this moment with that, both the generosity they had for each other and the authenticity of what each one was doing seems like such a paradigm of of where they want to be in their relationship together. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I get the spirit of what you're saying here, which is at the outset, can you capture some of that to the yeah. extent possible and allow them to feel their strength, what they're capable of, to really call that back. Yeah, and- The other very important thing is that he gets what he wants from her by being present and open with her. Because what I felt in, in the beginning, Charlie's kind of here- in his own world, thinking his own important thoughts, and that she's waiting for an opening, but really, and wishing that she would also be engaged in this process. And what he got was that when he's present and fully present for her, she is engaged in the process, and it is important for both of them. I so appreciate your time. This has been super fun. Thank you. It was wonderful to see. I learned a lot. It was great watching. Uh You did wonderful work. And thank you for your reflections. I just love it. Okay. Take care. Wow. I have to say at the end of that interview, I just felt so validated and like such a good therapist, which is such a nice feeling to have, especially when you're sitting down with somebody whose work you really, really appreciate. So thanks so much to Patricia for taking part in this interview and for really, she really did a lot of prep work with me in terms of figuring out what we were going to talk about in the interview. So that's my interview with Patricia. Join me next time. We've got another clinical interview, the last clinical interview of the entire season uh, with Charlie and Yell. And then after that, there's going to be one final consultation wrap-up session. So tune in for that. Uh, I hope you'll join us. And thanks to them. Thanks to you. And see you next time. Bye. Bye.